0: As a marketer, you are facing constant new challenges, and I'm sure that sometimes it feels impossible to stay ahead of the curve. That's why you should listen to the podcast, Building Better CMOs. It's a podcast about the challenges marketers face and what you can do to make your marketing stronger and smarter. You'll get fresh insights from the marketing minds behind Heineken, Colgate, CVS, FanDuel, at and T and dozens more. So follow Building Better CMOs wherever you get your podcasts or go to bettercmos.com. Welcome to The 5 Things This Week in Social. We're the Webby award-winning podcast that examines five topics in social, content, and technology to give you something to think about when you're not sure what to ask ChatGPT. If you're a marketer, an advertiser, or a creator, then we want nothing more than for you to stick around. On the pod today, we're excited to welcome our friends from gray Midwest to discuss big topics on the minds of marketers and advertisers today in what we're calling artificial insanity. The intersection of creativity, culture, and tech. First up from Gray Midwest is their Chief Creative Officer, Adam Kahn. Hello, Adam. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. What do you think has been the biggest cultural moment of the summer so far?
1: Honestly, I think it's AI. I think we saw it a can all over the place, I think it's been on everyone's mind. And I think it's only ramping up because back to school is right around the corner. So I would say the biggest cultural moment is everyone is trying to figure out what to do with all this artificial
0: insanity. And also from Great Midwest, we have their chief strategy officer, Kathy Liu. Hello, Kathy.
2: Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. What has been your highlight of the summer so far?
2: It would be very similar to what Adam said. It's a lot of discussions around AI with our clients. People are trying to figure out what can they actually do with it. Everything from incorporating it just across that funnel from awareness and social with even commerce, digital content generation, you name it. It's everything and anything.
0: It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Well, I'm Joey Scarillo, and for me, I think the biggest cultural thing of the summer, there's no denying all this Barbie mania, it's pretty unmatched, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to dive into the five things. So today, first up, Adam is going to take us on the journey of Web3, NFTs, and the metaverse all the way through AI. Then Kathy's going to describe how advertisers are storytelling to new audiences. Then Adam will break down how brands are pushing boundaries in culture. Then Kathy will follow that up by discussing the impact of all this new technology. And finally, Adam pulls out the crystal ball to look at the future of advertising okay so much to get into i cannot wait for this conversation adam kick us off and take us on this journey from web3 nfts metaverse all the way to
1: ai over the past three years i've said it before it's been some of the most creatively inspiring years of of my life i've been in advertising for 17 plus years i've been a creative my whole life. But these past few years have really shaken everyone, taken us on this crazy journey of of creativity and technology. And I think for me, what's been fascinating about Web3 NFTs in the metaverse is, in my opinion, you've seen some of the biggest brands launch in a space with no traditional media, no TV, no radio, grassroots, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And I think that is an incredible lesson for all of us who've been in this industry for a long time or newcomers, that if you build a community and a following and you really connect with people on the same level and you provide them something that they are looking for and you reward them for their participation, and not just through utility or free merch or expensive merch or toys, that you can really build a brand. And what I've witnessed over the past couple of years is a new revolution of brand building. It's not just plugging money for eyeballs and impressions. It's getting on the ground floor and listening to fans and communities to build what they want to see versus just what you want to show them. Even though we're in a bear market right now for NFTs and and the metaverse, I think there's so much going on that we're not seeing, especially at a company level or brand level, utilizing blockchain technology to enrich logistics from production to deployment to in store, and then utilizing technology from NFTs to reward users, whether it's from an art standpoint, loyalty, reward or commerce, which is one thing, you know, I think our office, Grey Midwest has done well over the past five years is is really dip our toe in a lot of this new emerging technology to offer full funnel capabilities and then pack that with AI. If it's not confusing enough for all of us, it's almost a natural transition from technology like the blockchain, which is incredibly transparent, to layering on artificial intelligence now to help us improve a lot of old antiquated processes and then enrich our lives with new opportunities, whether it's through leveraging ChatGPT or MidJourney or other text to video platforms that we can leverage. So it's been a crazy three years, Joey, (laughs) of new emerging tech literally happening week after week. I think someone said it to me an hour ago. It's like, one month, the equivalent of a year of AI. I mean, it's just happening so fast, so rapidly, but it's something that we're incredibly passionate about and looking forward to implementing in
0: our daily routine. You're so right. And these things, they change at such a rapid pace. It almost feels like last year, all we talked about in 2022 was the metaverse. And now all we're talking about in 2023 is AI. And some people might question and say, are we still talking about the metaverse? Is the metaverse still going on? But you're saying that the metaverse is still happening. It's just happening a little bit more behind the scenes and not front and center. So Kathy, I'm curious, while these companies are building the metaverse, but not the day-to-day topic the way AI is nowadays, should brands be jumping on the new thing or sort of playing the slow game and investing in some of the things that we've already been talking about, like Web3 and the metaverse?
2: It really depends on the brand. Again, you know, whenever we see new technologies, AI in today's world, for instance, you see brands being very eager to hop on the wagon and to start doing things so it can show that it's in the moment with everyone else, the rest of the world, not being left behind. FOMO, if you want to call it that way. But whenever we talk to clients, it really comes down to helping them find out what makes sense to them. Is it really part of their goal, or you know, the brand that they're set out to be, right? Or will you? risk looking more tactical than strategic, like if you're running around everywhere, for example. And that's something that takes time to figure out internally to make sure that this is aligned with the overall brand ambition. This is the line where the company wants to go. So in a broader sense, it, it's really divided. And for brands that are considering, we definitely see a lot more brands saying things like, hey, we want to test and learn. We want to take it by baby steps to see if we do belong in that space or if By being in those spaces, it provides us better opportunities to engage with our audiences or to earn new audiences, or if we're able to see some sort of conversion, whether it's to engagement conversion or a purchase conversion, it's really interesting to see just different brands approaching it differently, but there's certainly baby steps you can take as you try to figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think it is interesting, right? You'll see that some brands will take these big leaps and some will sort of sit back and wait. Well, that is a great jump into our next topic, the second thing here. So as things are emerging, there's ways for storytelling and always new audiences to tell those stories to. So Kathy, why don't you break that down a little bit for us? You know, how advertisers can find new people for their message?
2: Oh, I I mean, for that question, I wanted to look at it in two ways. I, I almost feel like it's two questions. And one, number one is what is storytelling now? Right? Is it even how we used to understand it to be? I personally don't think even now or in the near future, it's going to be the case of us doing the storytelling to people. It'll be more about how we enable storytellers or how we turn these, I don't even want to call them UGCs. I almost feel like because of the technology, everyone feels so in- empowered to be their own creators. Then in that sense, it's how do brands really help people express themselves, how can brands become that amplifier for individual voices or collective voices in that sense? Like when I look at the question, storytelling, it takes me to such a different place than how I would maybe answer you three years ago or five years ago. In terms of new audiences, I think this is the part where you do fall back to how we look at marketing, how we look at targeting, you know, where are our opportunities, where are consumers more receptive. And I think the interaction through storytelling will give us a chance to learn more about the receptivity in a whole new way in terms of finding that new audiences and to recognize the fact that Nothing is random. And I think that's really important. As we see the success of other brands, it's really important to acknowledge that it's not a random act. It's not because you try something super cool with AI. That's why you ended up winning however many million impressions. It's, it never works like that. It takes it, It's the same steps, right? It's the same planning steps, the same application of strategic thinking that gets you there. So that makes sense.
0: You touched on something at the beginning there that I thought was really interesting, and you you sort of asked the question back, like, "What is storytelling now?" So, Adam, I'm curious, as a creative, how do you view storytelling now?
1: I mean, I I agree with Kathy. It is it's changing. It's, I would give it the term. I, I think it's time for the creator economy. It's not necessarily UGC, it's giving people that you believe reflect your brand the ability to create content for you and for them. And by partnering with them, you're validating them as storytellers and creatives. It's also giving the brand credibility to exist in that microcosm of a of an ecosystem within an ecosystem, right? So like, I don't think we are going to see as much long form film anymore on certain channels i think we're going to start to see more unique pieces of content that reflect platform and and obviously it's too easy to say like content in context but you're going to start to see brands in my opinion give creatives, the ability, create what they think is best for that platform, right? It's not like we need a 60-second magic trick to exist on TikTok. It's like, here's the thing we want to solve. Like, go have fun. Go have fun and show how our brand should come to life in your world so other people can see it on theirs. And it's gonna continue to manifest in so many different forms, from video, to audio, to gaming, to even brand partnerships and licensing IP.
2: If you think about what Adam just said, we're really looking at a whole new level of brand consumer relationship, right? When we talk about the relationship being, you know, sure, like we talk about it being more transactional, and then you kind of have that better connection, more engagement. But what Adam has just expressed is a very different kind of relationship. It's where you are empowering each other on a much more vast scale from just enabling people to create contents to enabling people to monetize with those contents. So it's it's very, very different. The whole conversation around red loyalty is definitely going to shift as we move forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think too with with brands, you know, this again will segue right into our third thing with wanting to be relevant in culture and pushing boundaries. Adam, why don't you break that down? How brands are doing that, can do that, and where you expect that to go.
1: I mean, it, it, gosh, it manifests in so many different (laughs) shapes and forms. I think one of the things that, you know, Kathy and I talk a lot about, and she kind of mentioned it early in this conversation is, do brands have the permission to play a role in this part of culture? You know, I think that's a really sensitive topic. I think it has to be embodied in the brand through not just advertising executions, it needs to be in their DNA and how it, they exist. So I think from a culture standpoint, brands need to be more self-aware of who they are before they try and tell people who they want to be. And I think from a culture standpoint, we often, as a, you know, advertisers, try and scrub through our feed and draft off something that already exists. It's really rare that we create something that's new. And fresh. So, in a lot of ways, I think we're going to have to work harder to find the right talent to help us penetrate culture if we can't create something new. So whether it's doing like inbound licensing, finding an up and coming brand to show up on our stuff or for us to show up in someone else, I think we have a responsibility to shepherd the two, the brand and the creators to come together and to find a right fit of how we're going to exist in these microcosms of culture. Otherwise, you know, we've seen it before. A brand comes out and it becomes tone deaf or there's cancel culture culture. And this next generation, as Kathy and I separately are diving deep into gen alpha and gen beta, which doesn't really exist yet. Yeah. Going deep, going deep, Joey. We, we have a responsibility, not just for ourselves,
0: but for our clients
1: to shepherd them into these new platforms and, and cultures in a way that will be mutually beneficial.
0: Kathy, I'm curious, what are some examples recently that you've seen that really stuck out to you as like good examples of brands breaking through in culture.
2: Well, all the stuff that we see this year, I can. There are so many. It's not so much as in like their breakthrough in culture, but it's more about how they do it and how they're able to demonstrate it. That struck me the most With Nike showing, you know, that evolution is never ending with the Serena Williams campaign to really make a point of and encouraging people to keep on challenging themselves. Right, all the way to Dove. I think it's Turn Your Back. The social campaign that was very simple and easy, but still really show the brand's investment in something that is of their true belief, which is to really protect young girls from losing their self-esteem, to really help them look at and tackle modern technology in a different way with the selfies, with TikTok filters and all of those things. It really comes down to how the brands do it, whether they do it authentically to themselves and how much impact they're able to achieve with either their direct audiences or the people around those audiences.
1: I would add, you know, you kind of joked about it at the top of this, Barbie is a really good example. Talk about a brand that for a while was kind of dead, you know, was canceled in a lot of ways for not adapting to how people look today. And they were still caught in that realm of of who they were yesterday. And I think with this launch, they've done a a phenomenal job going cross-platform and industry, right? It wasn't just a movie. They hired top talent that was diverse and eclectic that didn't all look the same. And then they did partnerships with Airbnb with their Barbie house. And and then you see creators on Twitter giving demos of how to use Midjourney to create Barbie-like versions of themselves. So I think they've almost embraced how transformative all these tools could be in society and woven it into their DNA as a brand. And as an outsider who didn't work on any of this, it's really eye-opening and encouraging to see what some smart strategic thinking partnerships can do for a brand to breathe new life into an iconic
0: character. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, these are those moments that, you know, when we think back to the summer of 2023, these will be the things Mm -hmm. that we remember. Okay. I want to move on to our fourth thing here and talk about the impact of all this new technology. At the top of the show, we talked about Web3, NFTs, Metaverse, and all these things, but all these new technologies that are coming out, you know, sometimes they're scary and sometimes they're useful. So Kathy, I wanted to just sort of ask you, How do we how do we use all these tools? How do we use them as tools to our advantage and not, you know, as some may speculate, the downfall of humanity.
2: One simple way of looking at it is just how do you use them mindfully. (laughs) There's no other way to put it, right? Like the technologies that we have today, whether it's ChatGPT or if it's Midjourney and all of those things, to us in our everyday work, also to brands that are looking to sort of expedite how they can process the data, how they can link the data, establish those connections to find insights. One aspect of it certainly is to create more space for thinking, create more space for analysis, creating more space for creativity. So that's one aspect in terms of doing the day-to-day and whether you're a strategist, if you are a creative, or if you are a marketer right being able to know how to use those tools effectively can really help you carve out time because everything else moves along so quickly it suddenly feels like an eight-hour workday doesn't it's just not enough anymore right so using those tools in this aspect could really really help and in terms of our work i would say it helps us plan the targeting and doing those tests and learning in a much faster way and on a bigger scale it allows us to gather data back much more quickly, efficiently, and also in terms of creating content. When we talk about how do we get closer to our consumers, you know, there's talk of how can we use AI to really quickly learn how consumers talk about our brands or our products so that we can apply them, use the same language, use that shared language in the contents that we create. So then, you know, it helps us to be even more authentic and closer to our audiences, right? So there's there's a range of things that we can do to really help us in our day-to-day. But I would say, you know, use it mindfully and always with compliance so you don't get in trouble for plagiarism, for infringement of copyright and things like that. So that's, and I think that often comes down to the agencies, making sure that we we do do our due diligence to check everything so that we don't get in trouble for stuff.
0: Yeah, and you know, Adam, I think with what is true of every tool going back to like, you know, fire and the knife, there is a good way and a bad application to those tools. So I'm curious, when it comes to, you know, AI specifically, what worries you or scares you about some of this technology?
1: Nothing. No, I'm just kidding, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say this and I would probably contradict myself in a year from now. I think what worries me is the younger generation overcompensating for things they don't feel like they need to do. Uh, that would be my worry. But I'm sure like many our age are reflecting on how hard it was for us to go get a job and, and wait tables and start from the bottom. And and I I just don't want to see the younger generation skip a lot of the fundamentals, although they're going to learn totally new things that are going to help them in ways we weren't able to. I, I do worry that they're going to over, overuse it in a way that compensates for things that they don't need to learn anymore. That would kind of be my my fear. But the same time, I think there's so much opportunity for AI that we haven't even thought of yet or experienced. And, you know, to Kathy's point, you know, obviously there, there is a lot of concern around copyright and trademark infringement. Totally valid. But we're going to figure it out, just like we figured out music with Napster and Spotify and iTunes. But I think what we're about to see is something that we probably haven't even thought of yet. It's going to be a hybrid of all these things, merging hard crafted work that we use with our, our minds and fingers to innovative AI that's going to bring to life things that just didn't think were imaginable. So definitely very curious, more excited than worried.
0: Yeah, I would say it. I could hear the optimism in your voice as you, as you approach that question. That is a very good look on it. I totally agree with the way not overcompensating for Gen Z on some of those fundamentals. All right, let's move on to our fifth thing, final thing of the day, as we look ahead into our crystal ball, Adam, why don't you tell us what you think is the future of advertising? I guess the big question, what's next?
1: Listen, this is a loaded, loaded question, the future of advertising. I'm just going to riff it. You know, I think for me, it's about creating experiences. It's creating rewarding Programs, it's unleashing opportunities for creators and brands like never before. And how that comes to life, I think, is going to be new and immersive. Like I, I said before, you know, I love storytelling and I love long form film and movies and, and advertising it at its core. But what we're going to start creating are things that are confusing to us because they don't look like things we're used to. Like the NFT space in 2021. What are these pictures? Who are these apes? What are these crypto punks? In a lot of ways, that was the new type of advertising. 10,000 pieces of content going out at once and letting people rock them as PFPs and profiles and almost becoming the brands. So I think advertising is going to show up in virtual experiences that blend Reality between mix and augmented. You're going to see industries be created out of digital content and wearables like never before. And you're going to see our brands asking to get a piece of it. And then I think you're going to see products like Vision Pro come out, and it's going to really challenge us to think dimensionally about how our things look, right? It's not just a static thing that you hope someone sees other thumbing through Instagram or TikTok, you're going to make something in a way that has to be interacted with, that is going to sit virtually on someone's counter, even if it's not really there. But it's going to mean a lot, and we're going to have to pay the same amount of attention to it that we would if we were crafting a Super Bowl commercial. So I think it's going to start to look different and feel different, and it's going to be uncomfortable for a little while, because I don't think everything is going to have an ROI. I think we're gonna have to create it. And that's really uncomfortable for brands to continue to take risks. Test and learn are gonna, they can't just be kind of throwaway chain cash. It needs to be something that is going to manifest into a true business endeavor or an opportunity to develop products. So, sorry for the long-winded answer, but something I'm very excited about and passionate about, I think, again, like, if anything, if what's happened over the past three years has shown us anything is possible now. It's not just limited to what we have in front of us or on our phone. I think the future
0: is is really yet to come. And that's an exciting future that you paint there. Kathy, what excites you about the future where is advertising going
2: very similarly right so it's it's re-looking at a lot of things and relearning a lot of things and i love the notion of breaking our own kpi how we even look at it in the in the immediate short mid long term i think all of the all of that excites me as a strategist you know how we how we help build brands and businesses is going to be so different now and there's true discomfort there not just for us but also for our clients so it'll be a journey that we all kind of embark and group hug our way through, but it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I think it will be fun.
1: Go ahead, Adam. Joey, I was going to say, one of the interns asked me the other day is is out of home dead. And I was like, honestly, it's more alive than ever before. And And I think that when you start to look at how brands are investing in digital technology on billboards, you're gonna to start to see something that was so static now be brought to life in ways we couldn't imagine. And Nike and Artifact have really kind of, I'd say brought it back to life with a lot of their billboards in Times Square and Asia. And we're gonna to start to see how technology is gonna be incorporated in a lot of these old platforms and bring them to life in, in new ways that really benefit the consumer and offer the brand a new way to connect with their customer.
0: I think that's such a good question too that the intern asked you, right? Because it just screams that out of home now just has a bigger opportunity than they ever did before like now mm-hmm. out of home can hit home runs mm-hmm. you know instead of just the constant singles so yeah no i think that's a great that's a great question and a great place to wrap up today so if you would like to learn more about what our friends over at Gray Midwest are up to you could check out the slate a quarterly white paper and newsletter that has proven to be a valuable resource to gray's clients and the marketing industry at large. Slate brings together the power of Gray's full funnel creativity to showcase the unique point of view and path to purchase. The purpose of Slate is to show the importance of linking together performance, marketing, commerce, and CRM to effectively lead shoppers to the sale, drive conversion, and establish a long-term relationship with each consumer. The bottom line is to ultimately help build cultural value and brands through a funnel approach. You can find the slate on LinkedIn, look up Gray Midwest, or tap the link in the notes for this episode. Adam and Kathy, thank you both for joining us today. Anything else you want to add before we go?
2: This topic really fits well with our intern project, they're creating a special edition piece for the Slate to talk about the future of advertising with Gen Alpha. We're going to touch upon a lot of the topics that we talked about today, surprisingly, you know, on the blurring of lines between how brands connect with their new audiences on how technology really expedites. its either very immersive or very invasive, right? So it's it's a thought provoking piece that is quite interesting that the interns are working on from their perspective that I think it'll be nice to touch upon that in the wrap up.
0: Everything that we talked about today, you can read more about in the slate. Like I said, you can catch that on LinkedIn or you can tap the link in this episode's show notes. Well, that does it for us, friends. If you don't already, be sure to follow us, share us, review us, like us, or write to us with your questions, comments, concerns, points of interest, or complaints, or just send us a thing you want us to discuss. You can do all of that by emailing us at podcasts at Of course, once again, I want to thank our panel, Kathy and Adam, and I'd like to give a special shout out to the entire team at Gray Midwest, including Rebecca Wynn and Rick Schumann for helping make this happen. As always, thanks to Samantha Geller, Amanda Fuentes, and the crew at Gramercy Park Studios behind the scenes. And on the most recent episode of Grey Matter, a podcast about ideas, we chatted with Chef Akshay Bardwaz, the executive chef at Janoon, a fine dining Indian restaurant in the Flatiron District of New York City. You can hear all about how, for Akshay, it took perseverance, a little bit of defiance for him to rise in the ranks and become the executive chef at Janoon, which at one time was the only Michelin star restaurant in New York City serving Indian food. In this episode, you'll hear about Akshay's path to cooking, how he approaches collaborations with other chefs, and where he finds inspirations for dishes when traveling if you're like me and you love the show the bear you will love this episode of gray matter and it was hosted by five things producer samantha geller so you can find gray matter a podcast about ideas wherever you find this podcast and that does it for us today thank you listener and please as always be social The Five Things are written and researched by the Social and Connections team at Gray New York, produced by Joey Scarillo and Samantha Geller, mixed at Gramercy Park Studios by Amanda Fuentes and Guy Rosemarin, with post-production support from Ned Martin, additional support by Christina Hyde and Adrian Hopkins. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.